Oh, boy. <laughs> Where do we start tonight? Good evening. Um, Look, we're going to get to college football coming up uh, probably here in the next half hour or so. But I think it's important we start with your Detroit Lions. Because, look, I was one of the people that just had this team dead to rights. I was the person that had this team buried. All right? And now it's time for me to pay the piper. It's time for me to eat the crow. Because, look, your team is in this thing. Your team is in a playoff hunt. They're in the chase now. No, you're not going to win the division, but you're in the hunt. And there are four wild uh, wild card spots up for grabs, and you are in the thick of it now. Lions go out today on the road and win it 31-18 to over the New York Giants. Over a 7-2 New York Giants team. On the road, outside, inclement weather, and you went out and you popped them. You popped them. That, that stadium, you could hear a pin drop. You went in there and played big boy football and beat up a really good football team. Now, I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit. I think you got a big time showdown coming up on Thursday. That's four days from now. Five days from now. That's a big time matchup. Bill's in town. They were already here because of that uh, movement, uh, because of the snow that was in, in Buffalo. They played Cleveland today down at Ford Field, and they won. But you go out there and you beat the Bills, I mean, look out. This town is going to go bananas, as they should. But you look, I, I, I wrote down some notes today because I thought the way that this team went out methodically just, just popped the Giants. It's impressive. Back-to-back road wins, right? You go and you get one last week. And this one was bigger. This one was bigger because you're dealing with a really good football team. You're dealing with rough weather, cold conditions, and you just went out there and and beat them. It's impressive. It's hard to do on the road, really hard to do on the road in the NFL. And, And a lot of the times when you see teams go on the road, and win. They're good football teams, especially when you're in mid-November. You go on the road and you beat somebody outside in their in their house. It's impressive. Thought the defensive line today did a heck of a job. And look, Danny Dimes is 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 you know no uh Pat Mahomes. But he has been pretty efficient this year. He doesn't throw the ball a ton. Saquon has been having a very nice year. But you did, you made him uncomfortable. That Aleem McNeil, by far, played his best game as a Detroit Lion. Played his best game as a pro. One sack, four total tackles, three solo. I mean, three tackles for loss. The dude was everywhere. He was a disruptor. And look, 
when you play that interior defensive uh, uh, defensive line position, it's the dirty job. You're filling holes. You're 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 trying to run, uh, stop the run, uh, and and fill in the gaps. It's not a, a a real flashy position, but today he was flashy, and I think that was one of the upsides of him coming out uh, out of college was that he has that tendency. He has the ability. He showed it today. John Kaminsky getting a sack today. It was a big D, it was a big DL day. I thought the, the the defensive line played really well. And then that brings me to Aiden Hutchinson, who obviously got off to a slow start this year. Much like this defense. And and look, we can talk about that too. But Aiden today, not only I, I thought did a nice job setting the edge, did a nice job keeping everything in the pocket. I mean, another interception today where he dropped into coverage, flashed the hands. Uh, there, there was just no way um, that Daniel Jones saw Aiden Hutchinson. Just none. He faked the rush, dropped into coverage, and then picked off the pass. Really impressive. Also recovered a fumble today. And I got a question for you about Aiden Hutchinson coming up at 614. But I just think that the way that this defense has been playing, they have upped their game. Kirby Joseph with another interception today. They have taken on a different demeanor now. And I think that's very exciting. Jamal Williams, three touchdowns today. I mean, you know, Jamal Williams, and and I I think Dan Campbell said it after the game today at his presser. He's one of the leaders on this team. He he is the leader on this team. And he's obviously a try-hard guy. He is obviously bought into what, what this coaching staff is doing. And, boy, you watch him run the football. You watch him celebrate. This He is infectious to this locker room. And I think a lot of the the positives and a lot of the the way that this team has stuck to it, I think you've got to credit Jamal Williams to a certain extent. He is he is very much at least part of the glue concoction that is holding this thing together over a really rough stretch halfway through the season. But this team has now won three in a row. They've won back-to-back row games. And now you've got a Thanksgiving date at home with a Buffalo team who certainly has has taken a step back. This was a team that was by far and away the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. They are not the same. They, they This is not the same team that started the year. Look, I think you should be very excited. Like, I, I'm back on board this, this Lions train. And, and, I, and I asked you last week, what kind of Lions fan were you? Were you upset that they were starting to win? Or did you feel like finally they put it together? Finally, here we go. And look, the response I got was, it's finally good. Let's, let's see what they got now. And you got a lot of tough games coming up. Starts Thursday. But boy, you want to kick this thing into high gear? You beat the Bills at home on Ford Field, uh, at Ford Field on Turkey Day. Sting takes a completely different 
narrative going forward. All right, I got to take a break. I want to ask you about Aiden Hutchinson coming up on the other side. Eric Dorch is on the board today. We'll get his thoughts as well. I just thought this was the most complete team win today. It was very impressive. Very impressive. They came out, they played man ball, and they methodically beat down a 7-2 football team who has won a lot of close games. I don't think this is, you know, Tom Berry and the Patriots, but they went down and they beat that team on the road. Good win for the Lions. More next on Sports Wrap. All right, 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Uh, if you want to weigh in, um, look, I just think this was the most p- complete game performance this team has had all year. And they went and beat a 7-2 team on the road. That is not easy to do. Uh, Eric, what were your thoughts on this game? Eric Dorch uh, on the board tonight. What, what were your thoughts as you watched this game today? You know, I'm I'm kind of in lockstep with you. I, I while you were sitting there talking, I, I wanted to go back and look at it, and I've got I've got three numbers for you: eleven for thirty-four, ten for fifty-seven, and fifteen for twenty-two. That's what the Lions' defense has held the last three running backs to in the last three games, and that is not something we have been able to say about our Detroit Lions in a long time. Is that ability to stop the run? And as we know in this league, if you can stop the run, you make it very very hard on opposing offenses. Well, and not only that, I mean, look, the, the Giants' wide receiving core is anemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got nobody. Kenny Galladay had two catches today. That matches what he has on the whole season. I know. I kept looking I mean, for him. Oh, my God. Well, you weren't going to find him. He <laughs> stinks. I can't. I Look, I, I'll never understand how the Giants paid Kenny Galladay the way they did. I'll just never understand it. it, it but it, you're right. No, yeah. no, you, but you're, you're exactly right stopping the run against one of the best running backs in the NFL today. And look, they did it because they know that that this offense for the Giants has flown so close to the sun all year. Mm -hmm. They know what I know, and that is that Daniel Jones is not some top-five quarterback. Mm -mm. And they know that they have no receiving core. I mean, like, truthfully, could you have named two receivers? Could you have named one receiver that actually catches balls in New York? I Honestly, I, mean, I think it, the only reason is because I knew who Kenny Galladay is. Other than that, yeah, I, right? I was lost. I mean, look, Wandale Robinson, Darius Slayton, Richie James. I mean, look, these guys, they, they, these are not run-of-the-mill mm-hmm. You know, your household quarter uh, receiver names in the NFL, they, they just don't have that. And look, they lost Kadarius Tony. They traded him. Sterling Shepard got banged up. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why they don't have the receiving core that they thought they were going to at the beginning of the year. But this is who they have. And so the Lions did what I think any team going forward against the Giants are going to do. It's we're going to stack the box. We're going to put eight in here. And we're going to make Daniel Jones beat us mm-hmm. because we feel pretty confident that Daniel Jones isn't going to beat us. Oh, completely. And that's exactly what the Lions did today. Oh, they absolutely did. Uh, like you said, Aiden Hutchinson jumping in front of that pass. Defensive line was very effective. And yeah, that's exactly what they did. They knew 26 is the one that needs to get the ball for this team to be effective. We've got to stop him. And if we can stop him, it makes it very tough. And I mean, you saw that they scored a touchdown late in the game. But other than that, for a long period, they couldn't get anything going offensively. 
And credit to the Lions on the other side. The Lions are don't want to score quick. They like taking their time, marching it down the field, mm-hmm. eating up clock, making it tough on you. And what makes it great is it's not all on Jared Goff. For years, it was on Matt Stafford. If Stafford didn't go out and have 400 yards passing, the team had no chance. Jared Goff had 175 yards passing today, and we didn't. no one was over 100 yards, but we had three guys that all ran the ball effectively, and in doing so, made it very, very tough for a, a, a Giants team that needs the ball to be effective to be effective. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Khalif Raymond, Brock Wright, DeAndre Swift, all with double-digit receiving yep. uh, uh, or, or with more than one catch mm-hmm. in that game today. And again, that just speaks to you've got some weapons, throw the ball around the yard, right? And and and, and I'll tell you another thing. Um, and and we're gonna I'm gonna bring up this Hutchinson thing I got. Um, but Justin Jackson provides a different spark for this team. I, I don't know what it is. Um, nine carries for 66 yards today. Um, averaging seven over seven yards a pop. I mean, as much as I would love to have DeAndre Swift be DeAndre Swift mm-hmm. and be the guy that I think everybody knows he can be, he just can't stay healthy. And in and and he goes throughout a season, he gets banged up, and it and he's never able to really materialize and and show what he's really got in the bag. And Jamal Williams again, he's he's your he's your spiritual leader, right? Like he's the guy. That, that seems to be the glue from a player's perspective that keeps this thing going. But Justin Jackson was was a much-needed spark plug today, and, and I'm going to be really interested to see how much they use him going forward because i got to be honest, uh, those kind of numbers warrant more playing time. And, and whether it was just a particular scheme today against the Giants or what, but... Those are pretty nice numbers, and those are numbers that I think that you're going to want to maybe see more of going forward. Maybe we see it next Thursday. Absolutely. Right. Uh, I want to I want to bring up this Hutchinson thing, and, and Eric, I'd love your opinion on it. And if you want to weigh in, 800-859-0957. Aiden Hutchinson now, he's got three turnovers on the year. He is playing at a much different level than he was at the beginning of the season. And I want to know if you think I am bat blank and crazy to think that Aiden Hutchinson is legitimately going to win the defensive uh, rookie of the year. Because I got to be honest, um, as much as I think Sauce Gardner deserves it, the Detroit native out out in New York for the Je- for the Jets, um. I think when you talk about an impactful player, I think Aiden Hutchinson is becoming that player. And I'm not the only one that thinks that. You know who else does? The Athletic. As a matter of fact, all NFL writers on The Athletic picked Aiden Hutchinson to win the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Now, maybe, maybe we're all, uh, you know, maybe we've all been uh, stuck in a room where, you know, people are smoking peyote. But I'm just telling you, this is real. This is real. Um, And in fact, Jamison Williams, who we haven't even seen yet in a Lions uniform, has received votes for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, That's how highly they think of Jamison Williams. So you've got your two first-round picks coming out of last year being resoundly showered with praise at the way they're playing. Eric, do you agree with that? Is that is that just bonkers? Where are you at with that? I, I'm not going to say it's bonkers. I'm going to 
I'm going to say that I think the slow start hurts him a tiny bit, but if he can keep playing the way he's playing right now, these last five, six, or five, four or five weeks, it's absolutely something he could do. Sauce Gardner is still the guy for right now, but mm-hmm. he's showing signs of being able to play this. I think he finally got comfortable. He finally understood, you know, the pace and the play of the game, and he's starting to trust, you know, his instincts out there. So if he can keep playing this way, I think it's absolutely impossible not to have him as the front runner, if not an absolute contender for Defensive Rookie of the Year. This guy is a phenomenal talent. We know this. We watched him at Michigan for years. He's a, he's a great player, and he's, he's got a nose for the football. He oh, er, Almost every single play, he seems to be there in some aspect, whether it's it's a, the cleanup, whether he's the first guy there. He absolutely should be uh, considered for it. He just I think he needs to do just a tiny bit more, which I feel bad saying because he's already done so much for this team. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk Michigan, Michigan State. But real quick, real quick, I want to head out to the phones, 800-859-0957. Greg and Shelby Township's on the line. What's up, Greg? Hey, Chris, Mr. Positive. Great show, great topic. Dorchie's on fire about the running backs uh, and the breakdown of what he just said. Fantastic. Um, You talk about uh, momentum. You talk about changing the psyche. Um, I'm nervous about my Josh Elvis Allen. I love my Bills, but the way this Lions team is playing, I would not be surprised at all if they beat the Bills on Thanksgiving. They are so up and positive. Oh, my God. It's, uh, uh, in a word, orgasmic. It's unbelievable. You got to love it. Oh, my God, Chris. And, you know, I was right last week, and uh, I think, like you said, you're eating crow a little bit, and uh, I'm glad, but the Lions are winning, and – I mean, I don't want to be a, a, a fly-by-night fan, but, I mean, look at this team, Chris. It's, uh, and Eric, it's it's pretty doggone good. And uh, Yeah, I, I mean, know. look, I, I think they've they've changed a lot of the schematics defensively, and that has helped. Um, and, and I think that the way that they're using Aiden is a lot different than they were at the beginning of the year, which I think lends to a lot of the production he's having. And, and I think across the defensive line, it's helped. I think Kirby Joseph has been nothing short of a revelation. And and I say that in all sincerity, there's no hyperbole there because yes, this guy is young. He's rookie. I get it. But, but again, that's another big plus in Brad Holmes's uh, checklist, because again, it's identifying talent. It's acquiring that talent and they've done that. And, and just the way that they, have been able to rebound from some of the really ugly showings that they had earlier in the year. Um, you have to be very, very pleased with where this team is at. And Eric, crazy or not, is this team absolutely in this game next weekend? I think they're this, in this, it. Yeah. This is not. This is not a game where you go in. You're thinking, oh, here we go. We're going to get torn up. I, I do not feel that way going into this game. And I'll tell you right now, I feel like it's a toss up. But that's exactly the place this this team needs to be in. Big time home, and and that crowd is going to be charged up. All right, got to take a break. College football, next. Oh, don't think I forgot about Michigan and Michigan State. Oh, 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 no way, man. Look. Uh, Eric, where should we start? Should we start with the Wolverines or the Spartans? Your pick, dealer's choice. You know what? Let's let, let's get it out of the way. Let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about our Wolverines real quick. Okay, we'll talk about the Wolverines. So this is a a, a three part series here uh, <laughs> on college football. 
Um, we'll do Michigan. We'll do Michigan State. And then I've got a thought on the college football playoff. Okay. You had asked me earlier in the year, start the season, when J.J. McCarthy was named. Mm-hmm. Um, you had asked me, what was it exactly that you asked me? I, I don't want to mischaracterize what you said. You, you essentially asked me, is this Do the you Cade think it's question? A good move to 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 re, to replace Cade with JJ. Right? I, that, that's exactly. I I we, when they that we made the announcement, you and I were sitting here in the studio, and I, I asked you the question of, Do you feel like we know what we're going to get with Cade? We knew what we got. We saw it last year, and we knew that the, the product was pretty good. Do you feel that with JJ on the field, this offense has another step to it? And when you watch them, because I, to me, I just don't get if you have the winning formula, how you tamper with it. Now, again, they're doing pretty good. So that I, I asked you, when you if you if you put JJ in, do you feel like this offense immediately takes a step further? Okay, and I told you at the time that I was in favor of the move to JJ. Yes, you did for for a couple of reasons, but primarily being that with. JJ, I don't think you take a step back. In fact, I think JJ's floor is probably Cade's ceiling. So you probably get to to uh, Ohio State, and you have a chance to go to Indianapolis to win the Big Ten, and then go to the college football playoff. All right, and that's what I told you. I feel I still feel the same way. I have no regrets in that decision or that thought. Okay. Yesterday, watching that game, it felt like for the first time all season that J.J. was lost. I think the game got a little too quick for him yesterday is how I saw it. It felt like he wasn't totally in command of the ship. Mm -hmm. And look, they still won. They're still getting to Ohio State undefeated. But it was the first time. Look, and I think, I mean, you go down college football all year. Teams face adversity. I don't care who you play. I mean, Mizzou gave Georgia a scare earlier this year, right? Yep. Like, it happens. Ohio State was in a was in a real game with Maryland this weekend. Got a scare. So, it happens. It certainly doesn't make the fan base feel very good. But I think there's a way in which you handle that adversity. I think there's a way in which that adversity plays out where you kind of feel okay about it. And I did not feel good about that game yesterday. No. Now, thank God for our Heisman Trophy candidate, as you pointed out, uh, while we were in the break, Jake Moody with ice in his veins should be in New York for that performance. All I'm saying is, yes, that was very rough. That was, it did not, didn't feel good going down. It's like a bad shot of tequila. It didn't feel very good going down, but you got it down. It's over. It doesn't feel good. It shouldn't feel good. It shouldn't instill any confidence that they're going to go down to Indianapolis uh, to uh, to Columbus and win that game. But here we are, Michigan, Michigan State, undefeated, playing for a chance at let's just call a spade a spade, 
the, the Big Ten champ. This is the Big Ten championship. It is. I agree. Uh, my question for you, though, and I, I wanted to ask you this. I waited until we got out of the break because I wanted to really get your opinion. Was this just an ugly game to you, or was this kind of a, a sign of how important number two is to that offense? Look, there's no doubt that Michigan is a different team without Blake Horn. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 it's just they are not the same team. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't help that you don't have Donovan Edwards back there either. Like if Donovan Edwards was was playing in that game, you'd feel that it would it would have been a different game. It would have been a different feel. Now I don't know from a schematic standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, why they were running the offense the same way with guys like Isaiah Gash, like like he was Blake Corum. Mm-hmm. Like newsflash, they ain't the same player. So at least not yet. So I don't know why they didn't tweak the offense. It was a it was a question mark I had in that whole second half. Um, but no, no, th- th- this team is is not where they would be. They are not eleven and zero without Blake Corum. They are not the same team. He is that impactful. He is that important to this team's efforts in winning football games. If Blake Corum was out next week, I tell you they're going to lose that game. I would just tell you straight up, they're going to lose that game, probably probably by double digits. But the fact that he's going to play sounds like he's okay. Ah, okay. Then, then I think the slightest edge they win that football game. Really, I truly believe that. And it's taken me a couple of weeks to get there, but I think they go down to Columbus and they win that game. I agree. I know but, I do, but, and I and I think the reason that you you talked about the schematics and all this is just my opinion. From how you, how you and I both said we saw JJ, I think it was genuinely that. I think Harbaugh and the that those coordinators saw he's just not there today the way he usually is. Let's stick with what he knows. Let's not try to throw him into something different. Let's keep doing what we've always done because it's effective, and we'll, we'll find a way to grind out a win here. And whether that's the right decision or the wrong decision, look, they have they got the win at the end of the day. But I, I think that was genuinely that we don't have Blake. We JJ's not really what we're used to. Let's stick with what we know and let's grind out a win here. We'll hold on to the ball. Don't give Illinois a lot of chances. All right, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Michigan coming up uh, at around 6:48 because look, I think that Michigan is in a very unique spot where if they lose that game next Saturday they could still very well find themselves in the college football playoff. But we'll talk about that coming up in about six minutes. But I want to talk about Michigan State really briefly. And for as for as good of a job I, as I think Mel Tucker has done at times this year, you just can't blow a 17-point halftime lead. You just can't. And look, this isn't me being mean or reinventing the wheel that was by far the ugliest loss of the Mel Tucker era. That was a game at home on senior day against Indiana where you blew a 17-point halftime lead, had an opportunity to win it in regulation, and it went two overtimes and you lost. That cannot happen. And those kinds of losses, we have not seen those kinds of losses in East Lansing in 15 years like that was really ugly and again that is just that's just looking at it that's that's not even opinion that it's that just can not it cannot happen and and look 
I know that this season has been rough. I knew I I know that injuries and now suspensions and all those things have played a role. But you just can't. You, you just can't. You can't blow a seventeen point halftime lead. And by the way, if there isn't some more incentive on the line, you, you you're you're fighting for bowl berth. And and look, I don't care if you're playing in the Rose Bowl or if you're playing in the Cottonelle, Sarman, Schaff, to- Toilet Paper Bowl. Doesn't matter. You know why it's important? Is because you get extra practices. You get extra practices with your team. You get to see some more of the young guys that you've got on your roster. You get to evaluate where you are in certain positions. You, you basically get a head start next year. And... That's why those bowl games are so important. And no, I know as a fan, nobody cares about the Charmin uh, toilet paper bowl. But for for these programs, you make a bowl, it's important because it means you're getting more time with your team. It means you're getting more field time with your team. And look, Michigan State is in some serious jeopardy here of not even making a bowl game. I did not expect we'd be at this point with Michigan State. It's unfortunate. All right, I got a very crucial question about Michigan coming up on the other side. Can they still make the CFP if they they lose to the Buckeyes on Saturday? We'll talk about that next. Here, you want a hot take? I'll give you a hot take. How about this? Michigan-Ohio State next weekend, right? Um, I'll tell you what, if Michigan goes down to Columbus and beats Ohio State, I think Ryan Day's job is on the line. I, I, I just believe that you lose to Michigan after the absolute run that they have been on. You lose to Michigan two years in a row. Um, Goodbye. And 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 look, Dorch, I don't think this is crazy because sure you can beat up on Toledo and Wisconsin and all these bottom feeders. Anytime they play a real team over the last couple of years, they get popped. How, how, how did that uh, Oregon game feel? Yeah, you beat Notre Dame this year, but hey, it, it was close until the fourth quarter when you got a late score. Michigan popped you last year. I mean, look, big games that they've played in, They do not play well, whether it's on the road or at home. And you lose to Michigan two years in a row. I'll tell you, there will be people calling for that man's job. Yeah, you can't have the recruiting classes this guy has and the amount of talent he he gets into that system Mm. and not be like I told you and not be just absolutely, you know, blowing guy blowing teams out of the water week in and week out. You just you can't do it. It's just and I and I agree with you to everybody. It probably sounds like a hot take. But two years in a row like this, you you can't expect this guy's job not to at least be somewhat in question if if Michigan goes down there and gets the win. All right, I want to talk about the college football playoff because that's coming up. And look, you, you want to give some thoughts on Michigan Ohio State? We'll do that in a couple of minutes. So here's the deal. It was a wild Saturday night in college football, particularly because South Carolina absolutely obliterated Tennessee. Obliterated Tennessee. So now Tennessee, two losses on the year. Hendon Hooker tears his ACL. He's done for the season. Tennessee's toast, okay? 
USC beat UCLA. Close football game, but they're ranked number seven. They'll probably continue to be in that spot. TCU almost lost. Now, here's what I'll tell you. And again, I am not the only one to to throw this out there. There is a very real, real world scenario in which Michigan or Ohio State makes the college football playoff if whichever team loses on Saturday. There is a real world possibility that you could have two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. Real world possibility that you've got a Big 12 team, an SEC team, and two Big Ten teams. I look at this as we sit today that very possibly, very possibly, you could have a Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU Final Four. Which order? I don't care. Because here's what's on tap next Saturday. You've got Georgia taking on Georgia Tech. Eh, no big deal. Georgia loses. They're still in the SEC championship game. They win. They're in. Michigan, Ohio State. You got South Carolina, which just blasted Tennessee, going to number nine Clemson. Hmm. Okay. I don't think Clemson feels particularly good about that game. You've got TCU hosting Iowa State. Okay. And then you've got LSU traveling to Texas A&M at College Station. Like, those are the games that you're going to want to watch for. Because, again, Tennessee's out. Two losses, they're done. Also, uh, go Golden Domers. Notre Dame going to L.A. to take on UC, uh, USC. If you're a Michigan fan, you're a big fan of Notre Dame next weekend. And by the way, Kansas State's on a collision course for the Big 12 championship game with TCU. And if I were TCU, I would not feel very good about that game. FYI. TCU loses one of their next two games. They're out. And that would pretty much all but seal a Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State, both making the CFP. Eric, I don't think this is crazy. I don't think this is uh, me on happy pills. I'm telling you, this is what this is what the math shows. You, you you've got Paul Feinbaum, noted Michigan hater, saying the same thing. I mean, this is a very real possibility where Michigan or Ohio State, whoever loses that game next Saturday, still makes the college football playoff. And that is a very exciting spot to be in. I got to be honest. I, I no, I completely agree with you. You 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 posed this question, and I immediately got on and started looking at the rankings, looking at the games that you went through, and and, and I agree. Uh, you know, Georgia Georgia's not falling four spots no, yeah. or three spots, no yeah. matter what happens. So no. pencil them in. They're there. Good good for them. TCU, like you said, they've got Kansas State in the uh, Big Twelve championship. If they get there, that I think it's very hard to keep them out. My only thing, and this is the only scenario where I think both of them aren't in, is whoever wins stays in, obviously, is UC, USC beats Notre Dame. I think USC jumps whoever whoever that other team is. I just I, That's how I feel about it. I just think to, it, 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 in all the history, it just feels weird to say two Big Ten teams are in there 
in general, but one with having a loss, mm-hmm. already having a loss. So I think that's the only thing that gets him. If USC can come or can get that win over uh, Notre Dame, I think they leapfrog whoever it is. But if USC gets the loss, then yes, Ohio State, Michigan, they can pretty much you know sign their sign their tickets to the college football playoff. And I will say, look, you look at TCU's resume; they have five top twenty-five wins. Like that's a really impressive resume. And look, it, it, it's not Michigan or Ohio State's fault that the Big Ten absolutely is a stinker this year. They are. The Big Ten is terrible. I mean, absolutely atrocious across the board. If you're not named Michigan or Ohio State, you probably aren't very good. And that's a problem. It's a real problem. But it's the reality. All right, Eric, it's the last time we're going to talk on this show before Michigan, Ohio State. Real quick, what are your thoughts? Go blue. I think they got it. I, I I really like we said, they look Ohio State looks wrong right now. They just don't look right. And I think if Blake Corum plays in any capacity, Michigan can get this done. I think if if the Wolverines are able to get healthy, I don't think we've seen a lot of their playbook yet. If Jackson Smith and Jigba plays, we've got problems. I don't think they can run the football very well. I'll take Michigan. What they're getting nine points. Yeah, give me Michigan. I think the Wolverines finish this thing off very strong all right that's going to do it for us have yourself a wonderful week catch you next sunday actually uh, uh no show next sunday we'll talk to you the following sunday after that have a good week